in this episode of My Cat's Tale, let's meet Hank. You're not going to a, a new home, you're staying with this foster mom. Hank comes in and gives a motherly swat. It's, it is, it's, it's a lot of fun. She looks like she's sad. It's the shape of her eyes and it just makes your little heart melt. Joining me now on My Cat's Tale, we have Anne. And is it Hank or Miss Hank or Mrs. Hank? Where where do we go with this delightful ball of fluff's name? Her name is Hank. Um, great story. She, her mother abandoned her because it was a freezing, snowy night in Austin, Texas, of, of all things, which we never have. And so Mother Cat, we think, was feral and just left this litter. And so they were they were brought in from the cold and I fostered three of them. And um, beautiful, beautiful little kittens. And Hank Aaron, the baseball player, had just passed away. Ah, I grew up loving baseball, loving American baseball and and watching it and following it. And so I thought, okay, orange tabbies are usually men and boys. And so I picked up little Hank in her little itty bitty. I mean, she was just ounces and looked at her private parts and she looked like a boy and um, thought, okay, your name is Hank. Well, of course, fast forward a couple of months and, taking Mr. Hank in for his neutering. And the vet said, no, we're doing a spay surgery today because Hank is a girl. And so my track record with identifying genders of kittens is not the best. Um, But anyway, so Hank was a foster kitten of mine. And so at that point I had been calling him, her Hank, and I really liked the name. It really fit uh, the personality of the cat. And I had also at that point decided that this foster was going to stay with me for the rest of her life. And so um, I just thought I'm going to keep the name Hank. And so she is Hank. And we get a lot of questions on our Twitter account, on our social media. Um, But I don't care because she's Hank and she's gloriously Hank. So that's how she got her name. What sort of personality did you see then in those first few weeks? Oh, she was just first of all, very, very, very quiet. And and to this day, Hank really doesn't meow much at all. Um, she she chortles when she purrs, she gives that and that tells me she's just happy, happy, happy. But she was very quiet um and very daring, very um, not afraid of anything. And and we have two dogs in our house, uh, which is actually a beautiful thing when you're fostering cats, because to be able to expose foster kittens to all sorts of different experiences is a good thing. And thankfully, our two dogs, I've got a big one and a little one, and they both love cats. Um, and so then the kittens get used to them. But she used to just as a, a wee, wee little kitten climb all over Janie, the dog, and um, just, just very bold, just almost in your face bold, um, but sweet, sweet, sweet. So I, I just knew I just, and, and the other thing about Hank, her eyes, 
she looks like she's sad all the time. It's the shape of her eyes and it just makes your little heart melt. And so I would look at her and I would think, oh, you're not going to a a new home. You're staying with this foster mom. And I had just lost um, one of my cats. Uh, She was very young. She was only four and a half years old and and she got, uh, she had some heart issues and some liver disease and it was very traumatic and very painful. And so my heart was, kind of on the mend and I was ready for a new cat. So uh, divine intervention, she was put into my life at that moment and she stayed. You said there, foster cats, you have a lot of felines going through the house there, don't you? Yes. As soon as one litter goes, it seems like another litter comes in. Everybody talks about kitten season. Well, there really is no such thing as kitten season because there was always a litter of kittens that needs caring for. And Um, I prefer doing bottle babies. I I don't prefer that a litter of kittens is orphaned, of course. Uh, but I do enjoy taking care of the bottle babies more. Number one, because I love just doing the feedings and it just kind of takes me back to when my kids were little and they needed me, but you also form some pretty incredible bonds with them. So I've done a bunch of litters where I have the mama and the mama nurses, and I just kind of oversee. And then I've done other litters where um, the the babies come in and they need feeding. And I prefer, like I said, the, the litter, the bottle baby litters, but either any kind of litter they're constantly going i'm actually uh i've got a litter on the way out right now i had a total of eight um cats one mama seven babies huge litter and um i'm down to four kittens now and so they're kind of you know they're getting their surgeries they're having their shots they're they're deworming and all of the things that they need before they go to their homes and so they're they're being adopted now how do you get into involved into foster kidding? Uh, well, my kids went to college. <laughs> something about that maternal wanting to take care of something I've done. Um, I've been doing it for several years now and I've also done puppies. I love dogs uh, as much as I love cats. Dogs are a little bit harder because I do work full time. Um, and some puppies are, you know, you have to take them outside a lot. And um, so that's not, I'm not as flexible with my work. So kittens are a little bit easier, but I just, I, I'm not have, having an empty house um, with, with my children away at college. I just, I needed, I needed some activity around here. And so I, I kind of just dove in head first. And how does the rest of the Austin community know about you, find you, get involved? What's on the other side of the coin? Well, it's uh, Austin is such a pet friendly community. I, I love, love, love our town. There are, I actually am a volunteer with several different uh, agencies and shelters. Um, the cool thing is there are no kill shelters in Austin, which is amazing. Austin was way ahead of the curve um, as far as much of the rest of the state of Texas, um, as far as taking animals in, making sure they have homes, making sure the spays and the neuters are complete and getting those animals into home homes. Um, and so it, it just, it, it's just a community. It is a big community and everybody knows everybody. And I started with the kittens with a smaller group 
And we were basically, we, we didn't have a shelter. We were an in-home foster agency only. And so the director, we got, got nonprofit status and she would, it, shelters would call and say, we've got a, a, an abandoned litter, they're bottle babies. Can you take them in? Because a lot of times the shelters are doing all they can just to keep the animals in house going and healthy and fed and adopted. And so there was a huge use for a smaller nonprofit that could just take in those, those fosters, uh, those babies and give them to fosters. And so we had about, Oh, 15 to 20 foster moms and dads around Austin. You know, we covered all angles of the city because as you know, kittens are everywhere. And um, so the, the shelters started to get to know our agency really well. And then when COVID hit, we weren't able to fundraise with our little tiny group and we were just struggling a little bit. So that has kind of folded up a little bit. And so now I go directly to the different shelters, but I wouldn't know all the people at those shelters if we hadn't been there to take on those bottle baby litters that they couldn't handle. Um, and so, yeah, we, it just, it's, it's a really neat community out here. So Hank comes in first of all, just as one of these foster kidding groups. Yes. Hank was a foster. It was Hank, Edie and Ruth. Ruth was named after Ruth Bader Ginsburg who had also just passed away. And um, so I had these three little kittens and it's really kind of cool because when you have a smaller organization, you know who is adopting these animals. And so as a result, about 95% of the animals, the kittens and the puppies that I have, I am still in contact with their forever owners. And that is really special. I get Christmas cards from all over, from all walks of life. Um, and it's, it's just pretty, it's fun because you, you make friends, you get to see where they're going um, and you know, you're doing a good job for the community. So I, I love it. So Hank arrives with Ruth and Edie as well. What made Hank so different then? Well, like I said, her eyes, her eyes made me melt and just her quiet, confidence. She is a confident and just very, very loving. And the other cool thing about her, and I didn't know this, I had already decided to keep her. I had already decided she was going to fill my heart and and be my baby. Um, She's really, really good with the other foster litters. It's really very rare to have a female cat And then I got another, I kept another one of my fosters, fell in love with her. So I have two females, highly unlikely pair, and they are inseparably bonded, best of friends. And together they take care of these fosters. And so clearly special cats that A, can coexist and be be just be completely bonded but then to, to watch Hank nurture and take care of these kittens when she never had that experience. She, she was never a mother. She was, she was spayed before she could even, she even reached her first heat. So um, anyway, so she's, she's really special. She's pretty cool. And I suppose, you know, normally it's just like when you split litters apart, sometimes the, the cats when they're left behind can be, feel quite lonely, but it sounds like that that just isn't in Hank's temperament at all. No, no. She wants to be around dogs cats people <laughs> uh, i have a 
I, I say I, my, my children are all living away at college, but there are, I live in a neighborhood and there are six or seven little kids um, and they are at my house every single day and they are Hank's playmates and Hank's buddies. And they actually, it's also a good thing for the fosters because these little tiny kittens get used to being handled by an eight-year-old kid who's kind of bobbling them a little bit and maybe being a little bit rougher and practicing scruffing and, and, and they, they love them, but, but it's really amazing to watch these, these little kittens. And Hank was one of them just kind of um, just fall in love with humans. Um, And that's another thing that's cool about Hank is she is particularly in love with human beings. She wants to be with people all the time. She doesn't have that. I'm going to come to you and play with you when it's time for me to get attention. No, she just is in the mix all the time. In fact, she'd probably be walking across my computer as we're speaking right now, if she wasn't taking a nap. Um, so, and, and another cute story, the, the little girl next door had this fake fur, you know, the, the kids wear those, colorful fake fur accessories these days she had this fake bright pink fur jacket and when hank was itty bitty 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 she used to come over and swaddle hank in this and i kept thinking oh my gosh that cat's got to be so hot but but to this day when amelia walks in my front door hank runs to her and so she really just likes people so she's a cool cat. How long has she lived with you now? Uh, she turned one on January 6th. So she's one and a half now. Um, and then she, her sister, I call her her sister, came to me in March. That's Bruce, another girl cat with a boy name. Um, and she, Bruce was a, a foster with another foster mom who happened to be leaving town for a weekend and said, can you, can you keep this, this one single kitten? And I said, yeah, sure. Bring her over. We, we had a bunch running around and I fell in love with Bruce too. And so now Bruce stayed. So <laughs> I've had two, what they, they call them foster failures. And a lot of people ask me, what's a foster failure? I mean, this is a positive thing. Why are you calling it a failure? And it's because I'm supposed to be preparing these kittens to go into their forever homes and it's a failure. And I put that in air quotes because they're not going anywhere. They're staying with me. How many kittens have you had come through the house now all told? Oh, more than a hundred. I've been doing this for several years. So, and I probably have six, seven litters a year, probably. So Probably, probably close to 100. I, I should, I should, I write down all the names so that I can remember, but I need to start writing dates, names, dates, and, and like who went to whom, because I don't do that. And, um, and some of them, like I said, I, I keep in touch with a lot of the families and those, those are the ones that are super easy to remember. So yeah, probably close to 100. You're, you're creating a lot of attachment yourself in all of these kittens that you're fostering. How do you get over the you know, when you don't have that attachment anymore, how hard it is to say goodbye and watch them go out to the new life. Yes, it's hard to let them go because you do fall in love with them. But you know, you've, you've vetted, you've interviewed, you've watched these owners play and there's nothing more beautiful than a little kitten 
playing with its new owner. I mean, it is just, it's a really special thing. And so for me, I know that they're going to a good place. And so that makes it a little bit easier. I also know that if I kept them all, I wouldn't be able to foster them all. And so I always tell myself in the back of my head, if you let these seven go, there's another five, six or seven that are going to need your help. Um, because I, I, I couldn't manage, you know, a, a house with 30 cats. I, realistically, let's, you know, so it just, it opens the door for others to come in. And so that's my justification when I'm feeling sad. I, I, I do cry. I think for just about everyone after I drop, do the drop off. Um, but, but part of the adoption process is we get to see where they're living and that's kind of part of the screening too. You know, you kind of, you kind of want to make sure that they're going into a, a safe, good home. Um, here in Austin, it's very, very important that uh, cats remain indoors. And so all of the cats that we foster, we foster them as indoor pets. And um, and like my next door neighbors have a catio. And so it's an enclosed area. So their cats get to go outside. But like Hank and Bruce stay inside all the time. And and it's it's kind of controversial because a lot of people will say, well, they they want to be outside. And, and yes, they do. Bruce is always trying to slip out the door. Uh, but it's safer for them. We have uh, coyotes, we have wild boars, we have foxes. Um, and everybody I know who has an outdoor cat has lost an outdoor cat. And, um, and so that's terrifying to me. Um, and then also the, um, they kill so many birds. And so it's, there's a huge appreciation in the Austin area for the wildlife, the birds. And so part of, part of our efforts are to breed the, not to breed them, to foster them, excuse me, so that they can go into these homes and be indoor kitties and protect what's natural outside and keep them safe. So anyway, long, long answer to say, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're indoor kitties. (laughs) You, you talked there about your separation from the foster kittens. What about Hank and Bruce's separation? Have you how, how many fostering cycles have they been through? Probably eight or nine, I'm guessing at this point. The good thing is the the foster kittens usually usually leave one at a time, so one will get adopted, and then it's several days between the next one, and I. I haven't noticed any sort of depression or sadness. Um, Bruce, I do notice that when it's just us in the house without any foster kittens, Bruce becomes a lot more attached to me. Um, so she, I know she senses that they're gone because all of a sudden she's like a little magnet with me, but, um, I think they're okay. I think they're okay. And I think it's because they go, they usually leave one at a time. I have, like I said, my most recent litter was eight, a mama and seven babies, mama and three babies are gone. Another one is leaving, I think tomorrow. And so it's just a little at a time that they are trickling out. And so it gives Bruce and Hank a chance to get used to just being, you know, the dogs and and the two of them in the house. And what about when a big group of new foster kittens arrives? It's always, 
it's always so such a big deal. There's always such a scuttle. <laughs> and it's weird because they're animals, but they know what's going on. And usually when a foster come, a litter comes in um, for the first, depending on how big they are and if they're bottle babies and with the mama, if they're if they have a mama, they go upstairs into a bedroom separately. The door is shut. There is no interaction because mama cats need privacy. They need um, they need to feel secluded um, if they feel threatened in any way. They're constantly moving their babies and then they don't produce as much milk. And so it's really important to me to keep them separate and give them their own space. And so but Hank and Bruce, if I'm up in the bedroom with the mama and the babies, they're pacing outside the door and they're just dying to get in. Um, and I've had a couple, a couple litters where the moms, uh, did not like uh, two litters ago I had Venus and she was this amazing mom but almost too much of a helicopter mom and she could not stand uh Hank she would just attack her um and so I had to keep them separate the entire time they were in the house most of the time I keep them separate for a, a spell uh, get them, get the kittens on their feet, make sure they're healthy. The other thing is we have to make sure that they are, 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 don't, aren't carrying any viruses because I don't want them to get Hank and Bruce sick. Right. And so it usually is one series of shots or a test, uh, into the fostering that I introduce them to Hank and Bruce. And then, and then we just let Hank and Bruce in a little bit. And then I start letting the dogs in. And then within a couple of weeks, the kittens have run of the house and you know, it's the circus that it normally is around here. What about the dogs? What are they like around kittens? Are, do they just see small dogs? The the old one is sitting right next to me. His name is Indiana Jones and he is 16. And I'm going to be honest with you. He, I don't even think he knows they're there. <laughs> he can't see anything anymore. He can't smell anything anymore. Uh, and he can't hear anything anymore. I think he can still smell, but he is just an old, old man. And it's perfect because the kittens can climb all over him and climb in and out. And he just literally lays there. So he is amazing with them. My smaller dog, Janie, is much younger, much more spry and she can get a little sassy. And so that actually is a really good training situation for the foster kittens as well. They learn boundaries um, and they learn that if they puff up and hiss and run that Janie, when they're little might ah, chase after them, you know, Oh, game you're fun, fun, fun. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it inevitably happens every time Janie was a street dog and I adopted her and I'm working on her. I'm training her, but she's got some, she's, she's from the street. She's, she's a, she's a hood rat and um, she had a litter out on the streets. And so you, her nipples are still protruded from when she was doing her thing out on the street and inevitably a kitten or two will try to latch onto Janie and she jumps up. And then, so there's this big chaos, but, but they really do get along well. And all I have to do is say, Janie, no, and Janie backs off. And so again, it teaches the kittens boundaries. It teaches um, it, Janie, then will start to play with them. She, she uses her nose a lot and nudges them along when they're doing something. Um, if she, 
She wants attention from them. Um, but, but I always introduce them slowly. I, I don't ever, like if I have to run off to work, I don't ever leave when they're little. I don't leave the dogs in the same room as the cats. The cats go back into their, um, I use my master closet and my master bathroom when they're itty bitty and they stay in there because, you know, you just don't know what uh, Indiana Jones in his blindness could just step on one and really hurt him. So I have to be really careful. Um, but when they get to be about six weeks old, and the cats have the run of the house and the dogs and everybody is just one big happy family. It's, it's, it's actually quite fun to watch all of the different interactions going on at any given moment. It's just one of the greatest feelings in the world with everybody around, everybody running around and yeah, you still got to keep half an eye out of them, but you're just thinking, yeah, we all get along with each other once in a while. That's nice. It is kind of nice. And then, of course, a fight will erupt and there's in the corner, there's two cats wrestling around and Janie pounces, the dog pounces over to see what's going on. And then Hank comes in and, you know, gives a motherly swat and they all run off. It's, it is. It's it's a lot of fun. And, and just the videos and the pictures that we get are just hilarious because uh, it's just nonstop, nonstop. And, and they're all online. So where can people see all these delightful pictures and adventures and find out more and follow the adventures of Hank and Bruce? Well, we have a Twitter account and it's really funny. Um, I started this Twitter account for fun. Um, part of my job uh, involves, they asked us to, they ask us to post what we're doing and, you know, promote what we're doing on social media. And so I kind of wanted to see how Twitter worked and I kind of wanted to see, yeah, it was purely an experiment. So I created this account. It's called Hi, I'm Hank. Um, it's at foster underscore fluff. And I really didn't expect anything of it. I was just kind of trying to see algorithms and how, if I put something out there, if how it, it it spreads how the algorithm could I understand that? Um, and it, it's it's crazy. Cat Twitter is the most amazing place, the most supportive place. Any time of day, twenty four seven, you can talk to someone somewhere in the world about your animals if you need to, if you need a friend, if you need support, or if you just want to see cute videos. It's it's a crazy, fun, loving space. And it really is what social media is for. I mean, what's going on in the world right now is insanity from the United States to Ukraine, everywhere. It's just crazy, crazy, crazy times. And then you go into cat Twitter and you're like, Okay. All right. I, I, we're okay. We're going to be okay. And so, yeah, so it's hi, I'm Hank is the name of the Twitter account. My kids tell me all the time, mom, you need to go on Instagram. I haven't done that yet because I, I try, I don't want to spend, you know, 24 seven on social media. Um, but we have almost, we have 21,500 followers, friends. They're not even followers. They're friends. It's so cool. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, and so connected, just as you have all the pets running around the house. We have cat Twitter running around everywhere, and we play our little part here at My Cat's Tale as well with the stories that go around. And thank you very much for telling us the story of of Hank and Bruce and Venus and Edie and... and babe and yeah 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 you've got all the other names i i'm out i forgot them already but you know it's it's wonderful thank you 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. And and thank you for letting me talk about fostering because it's a very rewarding and B it really does make a difference. And so if people are looking for some small way to give back, I mean, I know there are bigger, more pressing issues in the world than saving kittens and puppies, but you know what? It, it does make a difference. And and I, I think that's really cool if we can just make a little bit of a difference. One nice thing every day, it all adds up. Right. I love it. I love it. You've been listening to My Cat's Tale, a Spence Media production. Listen to more tales of our perfect pets at mycatstailpod.com and support us on Patreon. Wasn't Hank's tale lovely? And that's what we do here at My Cat's Tale, bring you great stories of cats from around the world. And this bit at the end, which seems to now be, this is where Ewan says hi. Hi. It's been great over the last week watching the love for the podcast grow, ratings showing up in iTunes, reviews on a number of other podcast services. Thank you. You want to go out? You want to link, like, love, share, subscribe more for us? That'd be wonderful. www.mycatstailpod.com I'll be here next week. Hope you will too.